decades, Klaus, I was Rocky, the voice of Rocco on Rocco's Man in Life. And Mr. Weaver, the family guy, Peter, you're fired. And you're listening to TF's Tape Recorder. Hello there, I'm PF, this is my tape recorder. Coming up, it's Sean Patton. Paper, and he's also writing a book about how, you know, comedians are more efficient anthropologists than anthropologists themselves. And he, for example, can give as many seminars and write as many papers as he, as he wants, but he doesn't have to make it entertaining. Had a great talk with Sean about comedy in Europe. Uh, he had some observations from when he was over there touring uh, this past year. He's back in the United States now, building his new hour and touring the country in support of that effort. So we'll hear from him in a little bit. Our song of the week is from Dent May. Uh, we'll tell you more about him in a little bit. He's a guy I had heard of and meant to check out. I don't know where I heard him first. Maybe NPR, maybe Pat Francis's podcast, Rock Solid, maybe him or one of his hosts played Dent May. And I meant to get into it. I didn't. And then I'll tell you how I got back into him uh, at the end of the show. And let me see what else. Oh, we have a dumb bit coming up. It is an encore presentation. Uh, and I'll explain that on the other side of the musical bumper. So I was helping out the folks at uh, Cincy Shirts this week. I stopped by the warehouse. And uh, I was talking to one of the comedians there. Uh, a lot of comedians work there. Uh, it's, um, it's, it's interesting how almost everybody that works there is somehow involved in the comedy business. Anyway, uh, one of them had on uh, a radio program, I don't know what it was, and on this radio program, someone called in uh, doing an impression of sportscaster Jim Rome, which I used to do for the Gary Burbank show here in Cincinnati back in the day. And I said, hey, you know what, guys? I, I used to do that for the Gary Burbank show. And I told him about uh, the one I posted on YouTube. It's, uh, I think, one of the best ones that I did. And uh, one of the guys went off on his break and comes back and goes, that was really funny. Uh, it goes, Kyle Jeffers, comedian Kyle Jeffers. And I was uh, flattered because I don't think the young people found me amusing at all. So uh, I thought it played for you guys. This was uh, back from about, oh gosh, 10, 15 years ago when uh, former quarterback Michael Vick got into some trouble with some dog fighting. And, uh, well, Jim Rome had a take on that and he called the Gary Burbank show to uh, give his take. Well, a whole bunch of junk going on in sports. Uh, and uh, I, I say junk, uh, that's what it is, I guess. Uh, fortunately, uh, Jim Rome has checked in with us to give uh, an idea. Uh, Romy, thank you a whole lot for calling in again. Appreciate you being here. Deeper. Yeah. Rob Irvin and Slim T. Slim Timbo. Yeah. I am Jim Rome in Los Angeles. Thanks for the buying in your jungle, G. Burr. Appreciate sure. it. Glad oh, I yeah. could squeeze off a call to you, bro. Thanks yeah. a lot. Okay. And as you probably guessed, I have a few takes. They do not suck. Yeah, I want to hear it. Yeah. NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell ordered Michael Vick not to report to the Atlanta Falcons training camp mm-hmm. and hinted at the possibility of a suspension for violating league policies in connection with the allegations yeah. that the star quarterback engaged in dogfighting. Right, yeah. yeah. A lot of people are upset about this, G-Bird. Well, no doubt about it. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of dog lovers out there, more than human lovers probably. Right, except for the clones, of course, who find it hilarious. Clones find that hilarious? Here's an email. Sure. Rear rim. Rat Reichel Rick is a reap. Rind Rastro. That's not funny. That's what Bobby in Crapanopolis. Yeah, so what was it? Rat Reichel Rick is a reap. What? 
Rear rim. Rhett Reichel Rick was a reap. Oh, I got Rastro. Oh, I understand that now, yeah. Yeah, Rastro. No, it's not funny. It's not funny. It's not funny. This is particularly upsetting if you have a dog or even just like dogs. Mm -hmm. So stop jamming me with Scooby-Doo emails and underdog emails and Huckleberry Hound emails. They are not funny, and I will not read them. I see, yeah. yeah. Here's another one. Okay. Rome, why couldn't Vic find a gentler hobby like cockfighting? Signed, Pluto. Pluto? Pluto's not that no, no, no. That's from Tim and Crappington. Okay. Why couldn't Vic find a gentler hobby like cockfighting? Yeah, it's that's not funny. That's not funny. First of all, Pluto can't talk, Tim, so I don't know how in the hell he's going to send an email. That's great. You're not fooling anyone with your Pluto email. Mm-hmm. Goofy maybe could send an email. Astro, too. Yeah. In fact, I get Astro sending an email. You it do? was in the future, so I well, buy that. You buy that? But Pluto, I don't. Oh, no. Astro could probably bark into a computer and have the email sent, but mm-hmm. Pluto, no. no. No, not that Pluto. Astro's probably very tech-savvy, G-Burr. Probably has a Blackberry. Oh, yeah. But Pluto, I'm just not buying it. Okay, okay. Dino either. In fact, Dino's not even a dog, G-Burr. He's a dinosaur. Yeah, but, yeah, Dino's a dinosaur. Yeah, undoubtedly, yeah. Snoopy, yeah. he could send an email, G-Burr. I guess he could, yeah. yeah. If he can put together an entire Thanksgiving dinner for Charlie Brown... Well, yeah, he could send an email. He could send an email, yeah. Snoopy can pop popcorn and make toast and then shuffle the toast like it was playing cards. Mm-hmm. He can send email. He can send an email. Okay. So we got that straight. We have that straight now, yeah, right? Yeah, of course. Now that I've said that, uh-huh. the clones are rushing to their computers about to jam me with Snoopy emails, which I will not read. Okay. okay. But back to Vic Cheaper. <laughs> okay. Does it get any worse with the league's image? He's got guys involved in shootings, DUIs, drug possession, burglaries. Uh-huh. Do you think Roger Goodell in his wildest nightmare imagined he'd have to smack down a player because of dog fighting? No, I wouldn't think so. And it's not like this is an easy thing to detect. No. There's no random test for dog fighting. You don't hand the guy a cup, have him fill it, run the test, and say, yeah, this guy's involved in dog fighting. No, it probably wouldn't happen. Dad. You couldn't see through that. I guess you couldn't. No, you see the players going, hey, bro, I need a clean sample. I was huh. having a dog fight last week. Fill this for me. <laughs> Just a random test, guys. We're testing yeah. from marijuana, heroin, anabolic steroids, and dog fighting. And dog fighting, yeah. You don't hand a guy a cup, have no. him fill it, run you the said test, that. and say, this guy's involved in dog fighting. Yeah, you said that. It's not going to happen, Cheeber. Right, you said that, yeah. Here's an email. Okay. Dan Smack. I'm going to help Michael find the real dogfighters. Signed, Orenthal. <laughs> well, that didn't take long, G-Burr. Look, clone, stop jamming up my email with your Orenthal resets and your emails from Astro and Scooby and Hong Kong Fui. They are not funny, and I will not read them, and neither will G-Burr. No, I won't either. Thanks I'm... for the fine G. I must be off. Rack okay. me out. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Rack him. Rack him, he's out. All right, uh... <laughs> That's not funny. He's right. That stuff is not funny. Exactly. But I mean, he can tell you a thousand times it's not funny. He though. knows what's up. So, yeah, sure, man. He knows what's Who knows sports better than Romy, right? Sean Patton is a stand comedian originally from New Orleans, Louisiana. He's now based out of New York City. And uh, there's a little gap here kind of in the middle of our conversation uh, right before he talks about uh, comedy and anthropology. But uh, it, it doesn't take away from anything, just so you know that it's there. And here now is our interview with Sean Patton. Good to talk to you again. It's been a while. I know. It's been... Well, I feel like it's an annual thing at this point. Uh, I, think, I think it was, uh, it was about two years ago we spoke last, uh, I think. Okay. And I may have re- wow, yeah. And I may have recycled that for a uh, piece in City Beat here in Cincinnati, I seem to recall, because uh, we had quite a quite a good chat. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, 
Yeah, yeah, yes, that's right. Yeah. Um, I forget that you're, you're, yeah, you're based, yeah, you're Cincinnati. Yeah. Okay, yeah, man, fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I guess a good place to start is uh, what's new with you? What's been going on? Well, I um, uh, overseas starting this year. Uh, did uh, was in Norway, England, Ireland. Uh, did a month in for the uh, Edinburgh Festival. Okay. Uh, and it was just it was crazy. It was just uh, very eye opening. You see, like you know, they just years but they learned it specifically so they could start doing stand-up really uh, because it's just you know they, they know they apparently comedy just translates the best in english that's interesting and yeah yeah no, I, I didn't realize that either. and uh you know they learned and, and, and they want to like you know they look at it as like their way out of you know performing only in Helsinki or only in you know uh I can't even think of a city in Latvia, but, you know, like, they just... Riga. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so that's an interesting uh, conversation to have with someone, too, where you're like, well, you learned English. You got, you got speaking English, you could start doing stand-up. That's, <laughs> that is dedication. Um, and, you know, it was great. It was just a really crazy experience. I mean, like, there's so much going on outside of the United States that we rarely ever... You know, they're, they're, they're paying so much attention to what we're doing that, you know, we, we rarely ever look outside, but when we do, it's like, oh, wow, there's a lot, there's a whole world of, of, of performers going on. Yeah, a lot of people say that, that, you know, we're, we're very, we don't travel much or really know about uh, other cultures. And um, with the comedy thing, it's kind of like music, too, though, because, you know, it's been widely known for years and years that, you know, rock and roll and, and pop music, it's pretty much an, an English language industry. But, 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 you know, it's, it's almost like, uh, it, 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 it does suck when you're traveling, uh, and then if you've experienced it, I'm sure you have, if you've gone anywhere, but like, whereas if you're an English or an American, like, I don't, I don't speak a second language, unfortunately. So, a lot of times, like, when I was doing shows in Norway, a lot of those comedians would perform in Norwegian. Um, well, you know, on certain shows, and that would be because you're frustrating because you're watching and then you come up after this guy and I can't oh, if they're fucking, you know, like, sure, the audience is laughing, but that doesn't necessarily always mean they're good. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's like, I don't know what he's talking about. I don't know what he's saying. I don't know what, is he referencing? Like, is he, am I going to go up there and basically do fucking things in a different language? You know, it's just crazy. So, um, they they also have that. They can also perform the English, but then they can also, you know, go into like certain shows and perform in Norwegian or or whatever. You know, the indigenous language. Yeah, you know, um, that. Yeah, Carmen Lynch was telling me uh, years ago. I interviewed her that she does. Uh, she'll go over to Spain because she's of Spanish descent, and she'll do comedy right. in Spanish. But she doesn't necessarily translate her American slash English act into Spanish. She says some of the jokes I do, but a lot of the jokes that she does in Spanish 
are completely different than her American jokes and vice versa, which I thought was very interesting. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, So seeing these other these comedians from other countries do comedy in English, are you getting kind of the same variety of comedy you get here? Do you get some people that are just telling, you know, set of punchline, jokey jokes, then storytellers, maybe people doing impressions, or are people kind of zeroing in kind of just on one style? Or No, I saw, I saw a variety. Okay. Um, I think the, th- the thing I saw the most of were um, just pure joke writers. You know, pure, like, stand-up, you know, set up punch, not one liners, but you know what I mean. Just like, yeah, very, you know, just and, and, and a lot of them were really good too. You know, what I mean, I saw this Singapore, Singapore uh, this dude from Singapore, who you know, uh, when you talk to him off stage, you know, he he had it, he was a pretty fresh uh, English speaker, like it was pretty new to him. But like, but once he got on stage, he just you know he could do it, hmm. and he was I know it was it was almost like they. You know, they learn the words to write the jokes and then almost, like, memorize the, you know, the way it sounds to say it, even if they don't truly get what they're saying. You know what I mean? It's a very peculiar thing to watch, but it was very funny, so it it works. Um, But a lot of that, a lot of, like, you know, pure just joke-telling. Also because, you know, a lot of these people... You know, this is, they're still getting used to being comfortable in a second language. Even though, from what I understand, English is very easy to speak, uh, or, and to learn. Um, you know, it's still, I still saw some, like, a couple of storytellers and a couple of, uh, you know, more unique styles, you know? Yeah, it's definitely the most thing, yeah, the most thing, the most common style I saw was that, like, pure, Stand on stage, so, you know, classic Jerry Seinfeld style. Comedian. Okay. And yeah. I was going to say, so do you think they're being influenced by American and British comedians, or maybe by people that are, you know, higher up than them on the ladder in their country, like the kind of the way it works here? And in Britain, how, how is that shaking out? I, mean, I, think I, I feel like they have, uh, I feel like they have their influences in their countries, but they're definitely being influenced by English speaking comedians more than anyone. I mean, Definitely more than, you know, or definitely, you know, production. Definitely American. Like, English speaking comedians. That was another thing. I met comedians from America who we've never heard of because they don't, they don't tour here. Oh, yeah. You know, they, yeah, they, years ago, some time ago, you know, went, did the same thing. They went to Edinburgh or they went to some festival and started getting more attention out there and was like, well, fuck it, I'll just start running more outside the country. And from there, it just, you know, their career spread outside of the U.S. But they live in the U.S. That's the craziest part. And you meet people, you know, um, there's a, there's a group, uh, two person, like, a two person comedy act called the Pajama Men, who, in Australia and Canada and England and everywhere outside of the U.S. that 
speak English, they are huge and massively respected and do tours and sell out theaters and are just, um, and they're amazing. Their show is absolutely amazing. They live in Arizona and I think one of the guys just moved to London, but like, you, we've never heard of them in the U.S. But for over a decade now, they've been massive everywhere else, you know, and there's a lot of that. There's, no, not a lot, but enough of it to make you think like, wow, you know, it's, should I do that? <laughs> yeah, I know. Like Rich Hall famously went over Rich there. Hall. Yeah, yeah, and then there's another guy. I want to say uh, Dave Fulton. Is that? He, I'm, not, I'm not familiar with the name, but, I, but in, in, in England, there's a dude named Reston B. Hunter who is a, a guy from Atlanta. He's from Atlanta, but he's went to like you know he went to college in or university in London and just stayed there, you know, 20 years ago. And now he's massive in the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the bigger acts in the UK. But he's a, you know, dude from Atlanta. So it's like, yeah, excuse me. And yeah, Rich Hall. I mean, Rich Hall's, I see him every time I go over there and he's just, you know, talks about doing it up out there and then he still, but he owns a home in Montana. <laughs> and he still goes back. So it's just, it's it's very interesting. Like there, there's a whole there, there's a whole world of comedy outside of the U.S. Uh, that is huge, but a lot of it you could tell is definitely influenced by what they what comes out of here. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting that you know with with pop music and rock and roll, I think people kind of know that, even though it's still dominated mostly by you know uh, English speaking acts like in Australia, Canada, Britain, and us. Whereas comedy, it's maybe it's still in that stage where maybe rock was back in the seventies, where you kind of know there's something else going on overseas, but it, it really yeah. Hit. Do you, you think any of these people will have success? Uh, well, you said they're that's the, the goal of them doing this is to try to get into you know British and into the U.S. market, I, I guess to get you know to to get success that way. Is that kind yeah. of the goal, or to kind of just get big in their country, and or do you even know? I don't know. Well, it's also pretty like outside of the UK. It's still pretty anthropologist who is writing this whole uh, uh, university, he's writing this paper, and then he's also writing a book about how, you know, comedians are more efficient anthropologists than anthropologists themselves. Because, you know, he can, he, for example, can give as many seminars and write as many papers as as he wants, but he doesn't have to make it entertaining, whereas we do. Yeah. So, you know, it's like, and in Denmark now, comedy is starting to have a presence, but it's still very young. So, like, what you're starting in a lot of these countries is people who are starting to look to comedy as an actual art form, whereas before, seriously, it was like clowning. You know, it was like a thing you thought of, like, oh, well, what are we going to do when for your bachelor party or when what are we going to do to celebrate you know this uh marriage or what are you going to do you know it's your birthday when you want to go out what do you want you go see a comedian and it was never taken seriously it was now it's like oh yeah it's like you know putting it on the same level as going to see a film or a band you know and like that's new to them so interesting you know they're, it is. It... they're it's they're coming around it it does seem it's like taking a while to get there, like you're saying, because people accept that out of music 
early on and still do, but you know, and and with and plays and things like that and movies. Uh, but yeah, it's taken comedy's kind of been like the the I guess I hate this expression, but the, you know, the redheaded stepchild of the entertainment. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so what are you? What's new with you in America? What's going on with you? You here? What What are you up to? Well, I'm, I'm in. I'm here. I'm back. I'm in New York. Uh, I I've uh, been here for a month straight, which is strange. It's uh, the first time in a long time I've not. I've had that much. You know, not many days in one city. Um, but you know, it's what I'm doing. Oh, excuse me. Uh, right now, I am uh, focusing on recording my uh, hour special, which you know, like every, it's you know, I think last time we talked, I was still working on recording this damn thing, but like, it's just a process because the hour changes and the the buyers change and the the the, the, the industry is changing. You know, the platform. It used to be that like you know, a Netflix. Or it used to be everybody wanted to do Comedy Central. Now nobody wants to do Comedy Central anymore. Everybody's trying to do Netflix, which makes that wait longer. And, you know, then now there are new players, you know, like Hulu and Amazon are going to start doing our specials. So it's just like figuring out what the best platform for me is going to be and then working with them to, you know, get the hour to a point that is, where everyone's happy and then, then actually find a place to film it. And it's just such a process. I'm working on that. And, but, I, you know, really right now, uh, nothing has really changed as long as, or as much as, uh, I'm just touring constantly. And that's, I love it. So I don't have any complaints there, but you know, it's, it is, it is a way to just look back and go, wow, that was a year of my life. And it felt like two months, maybe three tops. You know, it's just time flies when you're constantly flying around. Yeah. But, I'm, I mean, but I mean, you know, going back to Acne, which will be the last club I do in 2017, is awesome because it is my favorite club. So it's, it's a nice, like, good end of the year. But it's been, a, it's been a good year. It's just been a lot of just touring, just different. I mean, I have definitely, without a doubt, this has been the most touring I've ever done in one year. It's 2017. Even though, I'm, like I said, I've just had a month of just being in, in New York working on material. It's before that, it was, it was just uh, nonstop and different countries. And, you know, uh, and then looking, and, yeah, there's so many opportunities being created these days. Uh, especially with the political climate being what it is. Because now, you know, as a comedian, people are actually looking more and more to comedians for, you know, opinion. And also, you know, just, just, I hate to say it, but you're, you're finding yourself in situations here and there to, up with the opportunity to speak out and up for, you know, political causes. And like, you know, I'll take those opportunities. I think we're at a, we're in a position where we all have to, speak up um, because the country's definitely in a it's, it's divided and, I'm, and I, I would like to think that through comedy we can open up dialogue again instead of just yelling points at one another and getting nowhere quite frankly I mean I think we all can see that um, but you know there's there's a lot I, I'd say what's new with me ultimately is figuring out a way to use 
your comedy and your powers for good. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, a lofty goal. Uh, so is the hour yeah. changing that much as you're developing it, and or is it just polishing what's what's there, or how's it how's it been coming together? Um, it's 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 changed quite a bit. Um, it it, evol- it evolves. I mean, like when you when you're, I, I think there's a lot of you know, a lot of times you people write a joke, um, they write an hour, and it just sort of stays. I, I feel like it's a it's a it's its own thing after a while. Like you can't just I don't know. It, it's gonna evolve like any like anything like you like a human being does. Like a I mean until it's recorded, you know. I, I, I we talked about music earlier. I imagine every great song you've ever heard, you know, went through many 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 iterations of it. And if it weren't recorded at the, if it were recorded a year, you know. um if any, you know, uh, a, any Beatles song was recorded a year later, it would be a different song. Absolutely, you know? Any, yeah. You know, and so it's like, with time, everything's going to change. So, especially comedy. And I feel like if you write a joke, and then two years later, the joke sounds exactly the same, you're not doing something. Something's not, you're not doing, you're not doing it right. It's going to evolve. It's going to change. Even if it's just the wording, or, you know, times change. And time changes so fast now. I like your material's got to change too, and like you hopefully get into a place where when I finally record this hour, it's at a place where it could be evergreen, where it could, you know, sort of stand the test of time. Because that's, you know, I've been watching a lot of comedy specials recently, and there's a lot of them that don't hold up. That you know, 20 years ago, I was like, this is great when I was a kid, and now you watch them, you're like, Jesus, that is that you couldn't that's that couldn't be performed today. And uh, then there, but there are a lot that do that are like, Oh yeah, man, that's still there. Still got it. Still holds up, you know? So it's, it's, it's an interesting thing, but you know, you just gotta, you as the artist, uh, gotta push yourself to that point to, to, to get your material to that point. That's, that's what's difficult, but you know, that's why you tour so much. Yeah. Uh, well, great. Well, sounds like things are going well for you, and uh, have fun yeah, up there in Minneapolis. Appreciate you taking the time today on a Saturday that we're recording this to uh, to knock this out. Um, podcast no will drop man. tomorrow. Uh, print piece will drop in Minneapolis uh, and online the week that you are up there in Minnesota. Thank you very much, P.S. All right, Sean, and we'll see you in Cincinnati again sometime soon, I'm sure, at Go Bananas. Uh, Indeed. All right, until then, have a great weekend. You too, brother. Thanks, Thank man. you. Bye-bye. Thanks again to Sean Patton for being on the show. You can catch Sean December 12th through the 16th at the Acme Comedy Company there in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Uh, I believe it's not just in proper Minneapolis. It's not in Bloomington. The other club's in Bloomington. Uh, Anyway, you can find out uh, everything you need to know about Sean Patton at seanpatton.com. That would be future tour dates and all that other fun stuff. So the song of the week. Uh, Song of the Week comes from Dent May. He's from Mississippi originally, now lives in Los Angeles. And uh, again, as I with the uh, thing about the dumb bit earlier, I was at the Cincy Warehouse and one of the comedians, Billy DeVore, was uh, jamming and we were talking about 80s music and kind of how we liked it. He's actually a lot younger uh, than me, but I guess I'm presuming his father and I are the same age and probably got him into 80s music. He's a big Duran Duran fan as well. 
So anyway, he says, you should listen to this guy. So uh, he gave me his headphones, and I listened to a couple of tracks from Dent May. And the name sounded familiar, and it kind of sounded familiar musically, like I said at the top of the show. And I probably heard it somewhere and meant to get into it, and then I just forgot about it. And boy, I really dug it. And uh, this song is from last year, but uh, it is still his latest album. He has three albums out, and kind of puts me in the mind of uh, kind of late 70s Brian Wilson, if you will. Uh, maybe a little t- a touch of Elton John, but also kind of some that 80s... Uh, uh, synth sound as well. Very cool stuff. I've liked everything I've heard so far. Uh, this was the big single from his last album, Face Down on the Puddle of Your Love. It is our song of the week on PS Tape Recorder. So long and thanks for listening. <laughs>